I'm joined today by brilliant Cal, who I was fortunate enough to meet in real life in person in Dallas a few months ago, which we were just saying feels like a lifetime ago. And I wanted to bring her on because she is an example, like I know so many of you listening that are looking for examples of how time hacking applies to work when you are not an entrepreneur. Um, and I just really am grateful for you coming on and sharing your story. And I think to start with, would you share a little bit about like what drove your decision to join Time Hackers? Sure. Um, again, thanks so much for having me on. I um, joined after being on your mailing list for quite a while and then finally um, bit the bullet in, I believe, April of this year. Um, I think what motivated me is that I was able in general to get a lot of things done in my job and life, but it required massive amounts of planning and time blocking and sticking to a strict schedule. And A, there were still a lot of things that I felt I wasn't getting to. And B, it just felt like I was holding very tightly and that any relaxation, the whole system would fall apart. Um, and it just didn't seem like this was the way I wanted to continue living. Um, Yes. And I love this. And I already know this from when we spoke and we met in person. But what I loved about your experience is actually that you did find time blocking and calendaring to be very helpful when you were when you were so, so share a little bit like let's go back even earlier to where that became helpful. And I love how you shared that it's helpful. And there's a point where it's not helpful for anyone listening, because I think that there are probably people here that listen and like, I also time block and find it helpful. And Vicky doesn't speak to that. And therefore like I'm wrong instead of, you know, what I think, which is whatever works for you is amazing. Let's optimize that. So I'd love to hear a bit more about your build up and your, your whole time story, your lifetime story. <laughs> Sure. Um, well, I started in the corporate world after graduating almost 20 years ago, which is feels like again a very long time. And I think at that point, I didn't do anything productivity related. I just, you know, tasks would come in and I would have them in my brain and I would maybe get to them, but it was not at all disciplined. And so I felt like I was procrastinating a lot and also just not getting very much done and not succeeding at the level that I wanted to. Um, I got introduced to concepts like, you know, David Allen getting things done, and that was, you know, very inspiring, set up huge amounts of systems, which work for a while and then tend to fall apart. Um, you know, and lately I've gotten a lot into um, Cal Newport and this concept of, you know, deep work, and he's very into time blocking. And again, I, I found that very helpful, but it just started to feel like it was just so tight. And I loved the way that you talked about things from a completely different perspective that I had not seen anywhere else. Um, and to be honest, when I joined, I didn't really believe it. I mean, I, 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 I was like, well, there's enough people seeming to think that there's something here and I'm not sure I actually believe there's something there, but what the hell, it's, it's worth a try in terms of seeing if I can come up with a better relationship to time and my tasks in my life that doesn't feel so is so so strict yeah and so what have you found so I love that you share this because I know that there's people listening that are like also what we do what I speak about is very different it's very not mainstream and you know we're wanting to get it out there in front of people but I think you know the less we've heard something the scarier it is simply put and so I would love for you to share about what 
what you have been able to create or what you have learned or what's really supported you from being a time hacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, and, and what I will say is I don't think that any of the things that I've learned before were wrong. Exactly. I think a couple of things, one is you kind of, it is helpful to get a sense of like how to corral and learn how to do things first, but I see it as sort of stages, right? Like you get to that and I don't know that I could go straight to time hackers from nothing. I mean, I actually, that's maybe not be true, but for me, the, pro- the, the process that I came to was coming from that. And so for me, I'm like, okay, I put all this structure in and now I'd like to learn to live more intuitively and be able to still get things done, but without the structure. So it feels free like, you know, like my life used to. Um, specific things that I think have helped me, and I should say I still do time blocking and planning, but I do it from some incorporating a lot of the concepts from your course that have been really helpful. Um, the things, specific things that have helped me a lot was the idea of not trying to stick 20 things in my day. I would put those time blocks and I'd be like, well, I can't actually put in, you know, a half hour for each of these because there's not enough hours in the day. So why don't I put one block and say I'm going to do 20 things in them? And then it, of course, never happened. Um, and so having your, I, I won't say exactly blunt talk, because, but I think you, you, you very much confront that saying like, that is not something that is going to feel good because you just keep pushing it off. And I've definitely noticed that like when I say, no, it's okay. I'm only going to get three things done today. And that feels like not enough. But when I tried to do 20, I would only do two. So really mm-hmm. I'm ahead of the game. Um, <sighs> That's such a good point for everybody listening that we think over committing and saying, oh, I'll put 20 in just in case I can do them all. What we end up creating is this decision overwhelm of like, which one should I start with and how should I start with it? And I'll start this one, then this one, then that one. And we end up only doing one or two of those things versus committing up front to do three and then doing the three. And by the way, I also encourage people, if you've done the three and you've finished by 1pm and you're like, I've got more gas in me, then it's not like we're limiting you to three. There's no rule that like, that's it, you're done, you must stop. Um, So it's just a very different way of approaching the same work without excess decisions, without unnecessary exhaustion and brain fatigue and, and without continuing to fail. I think that's exactly what you're saying about the 20 things in the one hour time block what we're doing then is constantly failing mm-hmm. when we say the three things in a day what we're typically doing is constantly achieving mm-hmm. now even that difference affects our whole life it affects our relationship to ourselves it affects how we continue to make decisions for ourselves it affects how like how our ability to like have fun and tap into our intuition as you've spoken about mm-hmm. yeah Thank you for sharing that. Um, Is there anything that you would say about, so you know that I asked to bring you on this to speak about marrying, you know, time hackers with corporate life. Like, is there anything that you would say to people that are like, you know, I'm not sure how you could do this? Um, Yeah, so I'm just just looking at my notes. I think one of the concepts I've sort of struggled with with the most is the idea of things only take as long as you let them. Um, and I, I I fought against this for a long time because I'm like, well, yes, but I, I'm an engineer and sometimes things really like, I cannot say I'm doing this in 15 minutes. Like it, it just doesn't work that way. Um, and so I spent a lot of time fighting against that until I realized that the better way of looking at it is what is true about that? 
for my for my work. I'm not saying that I have to buy exactly what I think that means at its face value, but in, in what way is that true? And what can I do to adapt and take that? And I've always appreciated how your system is saying, look, this is an idea. It is definitely adaptable based on your own personality and the work you're in, but what can you take from this? Um, and so for this, I'm taking, okay, well, what is what is the balance between saying, yeah, some things are going to take you know several hours, but for each individual step, where am I just letting myself a, either get distracted by other things, so what could have been 15 minutes is now two hours, or B, um, I'm just getting so involved in the weeds and the details and the minutia. And so I love the setting the timer, and I don't necessarily finish everything in a 25-minute or hour timer, but it allows me to step back and say, okay, am I approaching this with the right level of rigor, or do I need to be less detail-oriented or more detail-oriented? Yes, I love that you shared that because I think to me that's the epitome of being a time hacker. It's realizing all of these tools are there to serve you. And if any of them don't feel like they're serving you, then to move on. And I think the problem with traditional time management is so many people are thinking like the tool is the answer and therefore I must master the tool, even if it's literally making me feel worse, even if it's failing it. So we sacrifice ourselves for the tool. And exactly what you shared there so beautifully is you think like that exact concept of like how is this for me what am I going to take from this to support me and also it's totally fine if not every tool inside time hackers does support you right now because the point is getting the support that actually helps you not being the best student inside time hackers not applying all the tools not ticking all the boxes or whatever it is so I love that you shared that I think it's so powerful for everyone listening yes um there was something else you said I was just, my brain also wants to speak about you coming to Dallas. That's why it's a little bit distracted, which is actually a fun point. So let's just go to speaking about Dallas, because I think it was so fun that you came. So do you want to share a little bit about your decision to come and meet in person? Just so the people listening know, um, one of the things that I've been prioritizing in the past few months is connecting in real life with the community. I happened to be in Dallas for a work conference and so decided kind of last minute to just like invite people and I would take them for brunch we would hang out and I did the same thing in Manchester a few weeks ago so what was the experience for you of receiving the invitation and deciding whether to come or not hmm, well that uh honestly you made it very easy and as much as they're they're partly because I actually live fairly close so it was not even an airplane ride although I certainly would have gotten on an airplane for it but um it was I was ex super excited at the idea of meeting you in person after you know seeing your your face through the video screen so many times, um, and at also just meeting other people who have been through the program. And um, I've I've been feel like my life has been really changed through the process of, of this coaching program, and so I was just excited to share that with people. Um, and I really appreciated the fact that you were putting this opportunity um, together for us. Oh, amazing. I love that. Thank you. It was, yeah, yeah. For me, it was such a great thing. It's so cool that we got to meet. And I don't know if we would have met that we would have even had this idea for this podcast. So I'm so grateful for you saying yes. I'm grateful that I could be there. Um, so you just said about how your life has changed through this coaching program. So I'd love for you to touch on like how that's, what's changed for you. Well, it's really interesting because, and I think I did mention this in Dallas, in some ways, this program is almost like a, 
be bait and switch in a good way where <laughs> when I signed up from the program, I thought this will give me more time. This will help me manage my life better. And when I, what I actually got was sort of more holistic and um, a better sense of how I can show up differently at work and in my life and all of these things, which I sometimes can seem, again, coming at it from an engineering perspective, um, a little bit fuzzy, a little hard to put my finger on exactly why. And so I might not have signed up for a program that called itself that. And yet, now that I've been through it, I realize how valuable it is. Um, but to specifically answer your question, I think it was either in Dallas or in one of the one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, you know, talking through um, some of the struggles I've had with uh, decision-making in general, and then also presence and showing up in an authentic way at work. Um, and both of those things are not necessarily, well, the decision-making is in the program, but the showing up at, you know, as an authentic way wasn't necessarily in the program, but it's something that I get through this process and through talking with you and the other coaches. Um, and it's just been really helpful having some of my more limiting beliefs challenged and, and you know, experimenting with other ways of, of presenting myself and what I'm doing. Yes. And I love that as well. I love that you brought up the one-to-one -one coaching because I do love that we add that component and um, the ability to, I think we, I was even speaking about this with the coaches we're like, what are people getting coaching on? And half of them are like, people don't want coaching on time. And I'm like, yeah, well, we're time hackers. We know that it's not a time problem. We know it's what's underneath it. And it's great that other people are aware of that too. But I think it really adds that level of like personalization mm -hmm. um, while adding that safety for like you and one other person just to be in the space for you. So is there anything you want to touch on around the one-to-one -one coaching while we're here? Um, yeah, no, it's been fantastic. I did take advantage of sort of talking to a number of different coaches. Um, and I think going forward, I would probably maybe try and stick with one just because I think it's nice to build that relationship. But I appreciated being able to um, talk to each one and and see everybody's slightly different approaches. But they were all extremely good in terms of their ability to help me push past some of these these ways that I was seeing myself and not in a you know, just by challenging that and, and asking, is, is there anything, any other way of looking at it or any other approaches that might serve me better? Yes. And I think that's why it's so important that we have different coaches so that we don't make it about the coach and we don't put someone on a pedestal and be like, they've just figured it out. There's one way to figure it out. That's the right way. And if I can't do it that way. And the idea of having different coaches that apply the tools differently gives us permission to apply the tools differently and interpret them differently. And I think um, with the main thing, even to bring back one of the first things you said being like, how is this for me? What's the support that I need? How can I apply this to help myself? Mm -hmm. so I love that you shared that absolutely and then and it's like either way what would you say have you watched the video have you watched all the videos have you got through all the videos have you not tell us a little bit about that sure um so I've gotten through all of the time hacker videos and then also the um sort of 30 minute I, I can't remember what you're calling them exactly but the 30 minute explanations from some of the coaches or other people in the program on each of the modules um which I love because um, I like that the videos that you've created are, are nice and short, and that's great, but it's also fun to hear, A, somebody else's take on it, and B, sort of go in more depth and detail about it. So that was just a fantastic resource. Um, yes. Yeah. 
I love that. And I know our coaches will love to hear that. Just for everyone listening, we had our coaches go through every single tool and, and training inside the Time Hacker Toolbook and do a live Q&A call for our community. And then we recorded it and added it to the portal, the private podcast. So it's like there on demand. And part of the reason is because I think when I first did it, you know, when you create something, there's thing, there's questions that go unanswered because you don't see the obvious questions. And I think when you have other people come with A, their interpretation, being like, oh, firstly, they've seen something that I haven't, or they've got a way to explain it that makes it even simpler than I didn't. And B, to create that open forum for other people to come and be like, this is my question on this module. I think it's such a time hack to be like, oh, I didn't even have that question, but I could see how at some point my brain might want to be confused about it. And it's actually not a resource that I've spoken about a lot on the podcast. So I love that you brought that up Mm -hmm. um, and shared that. And then what about the workbook? I'm just going through all the different tools. Do you use the workbook? Do you not? Um, So which workbook? Because I think there's a couple in there. So I'd say the main time hack is one with the questions. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I thought that was mostly a compilation of all of the worksheets from yes. each of the modules. Okay, so as I got, went through the modules, I actually did the worksheets each time. So I haven't gone and done the whole workbook, but yeah. Yeah, and how did you find that as a resource? Um, it's really good. And part of what's useful for me is I generally have always procrastinated or been kind of pushed against the idea of these workbooks because I feel like I have to do it perfectly. I have to have these profound thoughts that I've got to get out and put them down. And so I really tried to practice on doing this is just doing, you know, for lack of a better word, a shitty first draft, not overthinking it. Um, So I actually had listened to all the videos and then I went back and I took a couple of days and said, okay, I'm going to re-listen to the videos because I think that's one of the things we talk about. Um, And then I'm going to do the workbook and I'm going to see how I can actually apply this. Um, so I did it fairly systematically because that's the way I roll, but, um, (laughs) but I really appreciated having those resources and, but then also using them as a tool to experiment with the idea that I don't have to overthink it. I was going to say like, it's what's so cool is one of the things that you said on this podcast was part of the reason you joined was because you wanted to loosen the rules and kind of the perfectionism Mm -hmm. and the tightness. And then you literally use the program as the pilot for you like releasing that narrative and I think that's so powerful and for anyone else listening I think that's such a clever strategy like whatever you are looking to change or shift um or experiment with you get to use the program as the experiment and I think what's so great about that is firstly it feels safe to experiment Mm -hmm. with something that's not already established in your life and b um I just think it's like built into everything that we've created. So I love that you did that and still kept like doing it in a systematic way. So just for anyone listening, I don't want you to hear Cal and share about how she did it and think that you have to do it that way. I think what Cal is sharing so beautifully is do it in the way that supports you. I think that's the common theme of this podcast episode. Yeah. Yeah. And a slight tangent, but one of the things that this brings up for me is that, um, I remember going through the Time Hackers program and feeling like I needed to try and do everything faster. That is, I set 15 minutes, just knock it out. And, you know, that's that's the way. And I think at one point you acknowledge in one of the videos, you say, I'm not saying you have to do things faster, but usually we go slower. And so this is kind of pushing you. Um, So you acknowledge that. But at the same time, I felt like, oh, I have to go faster. And one of the amazing things about being in Dallas with you 
and doing that group live coaching session, which again, mind blowing, but was me talking about how I struggle with some of these decisions and take, you know, taking time to do all these things. And your question to me was, what if that's just your process and you can do things more slowly? And I was like, wait, wait, that's allowed. I, I can change things. I can make the work with how I want to work. And, and it sounds kind of silly, but it really meant a lot when you said, hey, we're just tweaking this to whatever works best for you. And there's not one one way mm-hmm. while you're still giving me really good tools to think about how I might change what I'm doing. Yeah, I think it's such an important point. And I think so often when we are in learn, how we've been conditioned and trained to be in learning environments is kind of yes, people and kind of someone else is the expert and we do what they say if we want to produce the results that they're speaking about. Um, exactly what what we're discussing now is like I cannot be the expert of the thousands or tens of thousands of people that I want to help. What I can do is provide them with tools and then exactly like you are saying, you know, I would never change what works for you. I would never be like, if time blocking is working for you, I would never be like, that's the wrong thing to do. And I think part of the issue is we're so used to hearing that there's a right and a wrong thing to do. Mm -hmm. We're always looking for the right thing and everything we do is wrong because even if you have a system that works for you, it will not work 100% of the time. Like nothing is supposed to work 100% of the time. Life happens, shifts happen, you know, in Dallas, we speak about women's cycle and, you know, we're just, we're not, cons- we're not robots. We're not robotic. And that's my favorite thing about us. And with that comes a requirement to unlearn, I call it like the good student mentality where, you know, if you, we've been trained to, you know, tick boxes and pass exams and repeat someone else's information and repeat facts from a textbook. And that's why, so many people I think are struggling in the world when it comes to their time because they're ticking all the boxes and doing everything that the experts tell them to do without any room for nuance and any room for intuition and any room for flexibility and connection to self and those things are pivotal if we are going to really optimize our time and optimize our experience yes absolutely yeah um, is there anything that you that almost stopped you from signing up for the program? Um, well, I mean, obviously, cost is always a factor in these things. Um, and then I think the other thing is I have in the past, you know, signed up for a lot of courses and partially for these perfectionist tendencies, you know, haven't actually done them. And so I definitely didn't want to say, oh, this is just one more thing that I pay for and I'm not actually going to do. So I think that was the main thing that that made it hesitate or, or made me take a while on that decision. Which... Yes, and I think both of those are things that we hear from people all the time. So I'd love for you to speak to like how you overcame that or what you would say to anyone else who is um, struggling with that. Um, I think I was, one of the things that, that you know, you, you wrote in some of your emails about signing the program that really resonated with me is if you don't, something to the effect of, if you don't think you have time to do this, like what exactly is going to change in the future, you know, that's going to give you that time. Like the whole point of this is to make things better. And so um, that was, that really resonated in a way that both seems obvious and is also like, oh yeah, huh, that, that makes sense. Um, 
And then as far as the cost goes, you know, I do appreciate that you offer a payment plan um, and I, it is not inexpensive, but I think it's completely worth the amount that, you know, that we pay for it. And it's an amazing tool. And I think it's fantastic that there are people like you out there doing programs like this that really help a lot of people. And it is completely reasonable for you to want to get paid to do that. Like, I, I mean, and I, in terms of how, how much I, I like I said, I, I think it was completely worth it um, from my perspective for what I've gotten out of it. Yes. Thank you. And yes, um, we're continually and that's even part of the reason we started the one-to-one coaching program was just really thinking about how we can help as many people we're always looking to make it more accessible and I do think it is I do think it is an investment and I also think that's partly uh, acknowledging that is why people join and don't just let it be a course that they don't do um so maybe it's harder to say yes but once you've said yes it's easier to show up so I love that you shared that. And um, yeah, is there anything that you wanted to share about your experience that I've not asked you about? Mm. I think one of the things that spoke to me, and this is just one particular sort of technique or, or concept from the program, is that I really like how that you're not all about affirmations and just saying things that, you know, you want to be true, but that aren't actually true. And speaking again, I come from a pretty hard nosed, you know, engineering type background. And so I'm very much focused on like, does this actually make sense? And so I've always been turned off in the past about ideas like, oh, just, just say what you want to have happen. And, and that will help because my brain sees the disconnect. And so I really appreciated that you're, you're, that's not sort of what you're about, but also you're not saying that you have to have complete confidence that you've done all of this before, before you're allowed to believe in yourself. So it seemed like both a yes and, right? Yes, we can change our thoughts to build more confidence and we need to establish that we can do that, but let's set ourselves up for success, make that confidence building happen more naturally. But you don't have to start with 100% belief. You know, you can start with the 1% belief and that was really powerful for me. Yes, yes. And it's really about like much like what we spoke about before clicking record, like taking your brain to find that one percent and being like, oh, that's cool. Instead of it just by design focusing on the 99 percent of like, I've never done this before. I've never seen someone else do this before. I failed my last goal. Like I, you know, this sounds different and I don't whatever it might be. There's so many reasons for our brain to keep us stuck where we are. That's great. And if we can just start to slowly be like, okay, what what is the one percent of belief here? Like why am mm-hmm. I still setting this as a goal? Why am I still thinking this is possible? Why have I brought this even to the table? Mm-hmm. I think that's so such a powerful reminder for anyone anyone listening, even if it is in your decision to become a time hacker, there might be 99% of reasons from the price, the investment to the other courses, to the fact that you've tried time blocking and it doesn't work or it does work and whatever else, there might be 99% of reasons and I'm totally okay with you keeping all of them. I just invite you to think about and why you're still thinking about it and why you're still listening to this podcast and what is it that you would want support on. Um, I think it's a really powerful tool for decision-making much like what you've spoken about. and just a really important reminder in a world where we are told to talk things just into existence or to just like hold belief. Like I, I remember thinking when I, 
you know, because my background, just so everyone knows, is economics, maths, finance, investing, physics, like all that side of things. So even for me entering the self-help world back in the day, I also remember thinking like, I need logic. Like I need a logical way to think about this. I need to be able to like see it clearly. I, I really like formulas. I respond really well to formulas. Like what's the formula? That's why time happens is essentially a formula, really, if you think about it. Um, like I really r- respond to that. And I love that we've mentioned intuition here. And I love that we've mentioned connection to self. And I love that there's room for that. But that would never be like sufficient for me because I need to, I need something that I can, my brain can comprehend, my great, my brain can add up and subtract from and, and understand in that way. And I do also hope that that's what is going to, like firstly, what allowed you to come into this community and to apply the tools and secondly, what is going to allow us to help more people? Because I think that the, the other side is, you know, the more spiritual um, manifestation side is amazing. And we are all different humans. And the idea that one one way is the only way is what I think keeps so many of us away from getting the help that we want. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, not to scare um, anyone off, but there, there's lots of equations in, in the worksheets, <laughs> which I love. Again, you don't have to know calculus or anything, but uh, it's fun. Yeah. Yes. I think like anyone who studied economics or math or physics can point out things and be like, this. I can see where this came from. And it's a really, and you're the first person on the podcast or that's ever spoken about it. So it's done, I think, in such a subtle approachable way that like if that supports you to see it that way you can and if it doesn't then you don't have to that's my hope anyway <laughs> right no it is is not overwhelming yeah I just think again the brain likes things that are simple that it can understand and for me breaking things down part of time hacking is like what's the least information that I can give you that will support you right I, I once almost joined this program that was like this is years ago and it was like we're gonna help you like be better with your time and get and get hours back every week and it was like a six hour a week requirement I was like I do not have six hours a week like, <laughs> I get like this is completely not accessible to me right now mm-hmm. um and for sure that's factored into every decision I make about the program and the one-to-one coaching is always like I want to get people the results with the least amount of time with the least amount of words with the least amount of you know, videos with the least amount of content, even though that I do think there is plenty of content. And I'd be interested to hear your experience of this. Like, well, actually, it sounds like you did the program quite quickly, but the intention even with the content isn't that you have to finish it all to see results. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, well, two things that I did want to say, that was definitely a mindset shift for me before I'm like, okay, if I want to get a goal, here's like, here's how I break it down. Here's all of the things that I need to do to get that goal and changing it to know, actually, what's the least amount that I could do to get to that goal? Like is, is helpful because part of me is like, well, of course I should do all of this stuff, very maximalist. And then hearing the perspective and and having it really resonate of saying, well, actually, why, like, why would you not just pick the smallest increment that's going to move you forward? Um, but, um, and then specifically to the question, one of the things I really appreciate as you go through the program is saying, you know, don't let this overwhelm you, like pick one thing to work on. And so I really appreciate that 
each time, because I will go through the program entirely again, each time I go through it, it's like something else is going to resonate and that I'm going to want to implement, but it's not overwhelming in a, here's like 40 different things you have to do. I think it's really useful to get a broad overview and then say, let me focus on this for a little bit. And then next time, let me see what I want to change to, to keep leveling and changing um, mm -hmm. as we progress. Yes, I love that. And that's part of the reason why I also wanted to just make it like join once lifetime access, because I think our relationship to this work constantly evolves, our relationship to time constantly evolves, our literal circumstances around time constantly evolves. Um, and the idea that it's like a one and done is is part of the part of the problem, I think, for so many of us. Is I, I was I actually just posted in in the group that I just booked a one-to-one -one coaching session at uh, the one-to-one -one coaching package I just bought it for myself and so and and, my, and some, so did my team and we were saying how like this is ongoing work this is a journey like if I know that I could be using my time better right now and you know why would I not get the support and I think so often especially as professionals in the field we can think like oh I don't but I don't want to look weak, but, you know, I should be ahead of this or I should be somehow we expect ourselves to not be human anymore. And I think it's like we're just always going to be human. And I love that about us. <laughs> yeah. And I think certainly in 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 the corporate environment, being able to like come back to, OK, well, what is needed for me right now? So as I mentioned, when I first started, what was needed was structure and like actually just getting th writing things down and getting things done. And now it's like I'm really good at that but I find myself sometimes relegated to more organizational or um, operational roles because I'm so good at that. But what I want to now change is, is more strategic um, aspects of the job being seen more as a leader. And so that is what I need out of this program now is different. So what I need is more on the fear modules, the decision-making modules. And that's, that's what I'm focusing on now for that reason. But again, it's just like what I want and where I am is gonna change over time. I love that so much that like just that real example of like taking what you want from the program and deciding ahead of time and I hope you don't mind me saying but even before we hit record you said like you know it's a scary thing to come on the podcast and that's why you knew you wanted to do it and I think it's so fun to see even this as like even that one percent or you know that ten percent of belief growing that like fear isn't a problem and fear isn't a reason to not do things so just celebrating you being here absolutely I, I i find when i first entered the program and saw the modules on fear and decision making i didn't i was really like but i wanted all these modules on how to get more time like why are we talking about this but going through these have been the things that sort of changed me the most um again the decision making one is amazing um and then the fear one and, and really changing the mindset because i'm scared that's why i should do it as opposed to because i'm scared let me back away yeah and that really is like a time hack right fear so is it and that's the reason why I know this stuff right because fear of leaving my job when I was younger was what had me drag out a decision that I already knew that I wanted for six to seven months and it was like the fear wasn't going away and the desire wasn't going away so at some point something had to give because it was just so exhausting um and it is exactly as you are saying. I think when we think of saving time, we think about she's going to show me how to get 17 things done at once. <laughs> and it's like, no, 
it's about getting the most important impactful things done and letting the other things go and that's how you achieve more and have more time so I love that you shared that um I'm going to close out this episode is there anything that you want to share with people is it and in particular actually might be interesting is there anything that you want to share with people particularly people that work in corporate or particularly people that are decision makers in corporate that also might think about supporting their teams because we do go in and do workshops now and so on so is there anything that you would say to that um I think the main thing is I really appreciate how you're coming at this from the perspective of of saying we are human you know we need to support how we are as humans and so much of the corporate world can be like let's put our humanity in a box and let's focus on like just cranking out widgets but when you do not nurture the human side of people a, they're not going to be as productive as they could otherwise be, and B, they might leave earlier or otherwise get burnt out. And so I love the focus on let's bring some humanity back to this and realize that at a corporate side, you do get more productivity, but we get it by actually nurturing where people are. Yes, right. It's like, I think a lot of the narrative that we've been taught is like you're productive or nurturing. And what we're saying and what we're seeing and what multiple studies are showing is like, no, those two things go together. And exactly, you gave specific examples there of people leaving or burning out. And it's like, that's what we're on a fast track to when we remove the humanity from work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we're seeing. Absolutely. So thank you so much for your time. I obviously value it so much. Thank you to everyone listening. If you want to become a time hacker, I will leave the link in the show notes. You can sign up, you can join us and you could be a future success story like Cal. And if you work at an organization and you want to find out more about how we can come in and support you, your teams, your people, um, we'll leave a link with a form that you can fill out there too. Thank you as always for your time and I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Hey, if you want to get five hours a week back minimum for life, then I want to invite you to join Time Hackers. It's this podcast on speed where you'll get access to time hacking tools not shared on the podcast. You'll get access to my proven process for hacking your time to get five hours back every week at least. It's also my favorite place to hang out and will be yours too, as you connect with other time hackers, where you'll get celebrated, supported, and coached, of course. You are a time hacker. This is where you belong. Head to vickilouise.com forward slash group. I can't wait to see you there.